so good to see so many faces here this morning. And if you're a guest with us, if you're a visitor, then we are honored that you're here. If you're watching with us online, then we're glad that you're joining us through that. Um, I'll tell you what, starting a, a new year, uh, certainly not to, to pat ourselves on the back, but, but I want to let you know the, the, the extent of, of this ministry that we're doing. Um, if you remember, starting last year, about August, September time, we, we started this, this video where we started putting it up on Facebook and streaming our, our services, and it certainly evolved over that time, and we want it to continue to evolve, to evolve from there. But since roughly the, the end of August to uh, December 31st, we have had over 10,000 people watch a service of ours because of that. That's incredible. That is, and I tell you that just to, to show you what, what God is doing in that particular ministry. We're starting a new year. We're starting um, kind of looking forward as to what we've got going on, and I hope that you will continue to pray for that. that, that that's a, a kind of a different type of ministry than we're used to, but one that, that is bearing some incredible fruit. But this morning, we are starting a series, and I hope you grabbed a note sheet. We're starting a series called Pray, simply calling it Pray. And on Wednesday night, we, we started, last week we looked in class talking about getting things done. And, and the last sermon that I did in 2018, I challenged you to make resolutions. And I had quite a few come, and, and I had quite a few uh, phone conversations over the, the, the last couple of weeks. And it all kind of kept coming back to prayer. Prayer being involved in some form of a resolution or prayer being involved in, in getting things done and things of that matter. And so I thought, you know, as we're kind of starting 2019, let's start out on an incredible note of looking at what is one of the best blessings that we have as a Christian, and that's, and that's prayer. But I'll tell you, this series was kind of hard to write, it, it, just in the simple fact that it stepped on my toes a lot. I, I, I've always and, and will always, as I write um, material and things like that, I'll write it wherever the Bible takes it. And, and if that steps on my own personal toes, then that means that I've got that much more studying and learning to do. And this is one of those. Prayer is an incredible thing, an avenue that we've got to be close to God. But I think the way that we have uh, kind of elected to use it, because this is what we've been taught over the years, is not necessarily the way God intended for us to use. In fact, uh, we'll look at it here in a moment, but I think what we're doing is kind of praying the light version. That, that God intended for prayer to be a much larger, much more powerful portion of our spiritual life than we allow it to be today. So my, my challenge, my, my ask of you this morning is that you'll open your hearts, your minds, and your Bibles to look at what Scripture has to say about prayer and that together we might go into 2019 and, and have the best year of prayer that, that we've had up until this point. Once you answer this question with me as we start at how do we pray? And, and, and it's not a silly question, I, 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 but I want you to start from the very beginning and think, how is it, when is it, why is it that we pray? Is it that we have kind of relegated prayer to being done maybe as we wake up, maybe for over a meal, maybe as we go to bed? If we're really lucky, somewhere in there we might slip in a prayer at work, maybe on our commute to or from work. But then beyond when or how often, what are we praying for? Do you find yourself, and this is where it starts to step on my toes a lot, is do you find yourself praying a very similar prayer over and over? Do you find yourself getting into a certain cadence of 
And what I mean by that is that we kind of have a start to how we start our prayers. We kind of have the, the, the meat of them, and we have a certain way that we close them. And do we find ourselves doing the same thing over and over again? I know I do. How do we pray? Why do we pray? How often do we pray? This is the overarching question that I want us to answer today and over the next three more weeks. We're going to dive into different aspects of prayer, but we're going to look at it through the lens of Paul's letters. We're actually, the, the technical, the theological phrase for it is the Pauline epistles. Today, that's your kind of 10 cent phrase for the week if people ask what you're learning at church. We're looking through the Pauline epistles, which are just the letters that Paul wrote to different churches about different things. And Paul is going to show us some incredible insights into prayer that I hope we are willing to, to add into our own prayer life and will grow accordingly. Our prayers are often too small and too general. Now, if, if, if this seems a little bit harsh or a little bit offensive, just bear with me. Our prayers are often too small and too general. And I want you to be honest, and I want you to think about your own prayer life. Because I know that this applies to me a great deal. We have our little snippet prayers that we offer. We say, God, we're thankful for today. We're thankful for things you've given us. Maybe we add in there, God, will you help so-and-so? Will you do this or that? God, we're thankful most of all for your son. Forgive us of our sins. Amen. That probably describes 75 to 80% of the prayers that we offer on a daily basis. That is general, and in the scope of God, that is small. And I, and I hope that we'll see here in a moment that God encourages us to, pay, to pray bigger and to pray more specifically because God can handle it. Have you ever stopped and thought that the reason we pray this way is because for whatever reason we think God can't handle it? Or maybe even we think out of reverence and we think, God, you've got so much going on. You, you're, you're overseeing the entire world. And I've got X, Y, and Z to deal with, so I'm going to give you a little 30-second snippet of what I've got going on because that's probably all you have time for. I know I've thought that. I've thought, God, I, can't, I don't want to burden God with my prayer request, so I'm going to make it general, I'm going to make it small, and that's what I'm going to offer up. But look in Matthew 19 and verse 26. It says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So we read here that, that men have limitations. You and I have a limit of what we can process, what we can handle. We have a limit of how much stress we can have on our shoulders before we crumble. That, 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 that varies from person to person, but we all have a cap. And Jesus is simply saying, listen, I understand that man has limitations. Certain things are impossible. They cannot happen with man on board. But when you get over into the heavenly realm, when you get over into the spiritual realm and you involve God, those limitations are gone. With God, everything is possible. There is no impossible because he created all of it. Now, if you and I are reading in Scripture and believing Matthew 19 verse 26 that God, with God, all things are possible, then why is it that we pray so small and so general? If we believe this is true, that God can shoulder anything that we can offer to him, then why have we relegated our prayer life to be 30-second snippets of, of prayers that we basically pray over and over again instead of 
praying the true, the heart, the heartfelt prayers that we've got, the specific prayers that we ask of God, and allow God to be as powerful as he says he is? That's the question I want us to answer. Our prayers are often too small, and our prayers are often too general. God's power should change our prayer perspective. I want to repeat that because I want you to have a moment to to digest what I'm saying. God's power, or, or another way to say that would be our understanding of God's power, should change our prayer perspective. It should change the way we view our prayer life. Because if we believe that God is the God of the universe, that he created all of us, past, present, and future, he gave us his son, he created this world, he gave us all of the blessings that we enjoy. If we believe that, then why do we limit our prayers to these tiny little snippets that don't even come close to encapsulating what we really are feeling? If we feel the kind of joy that God provides for us, why do we not express that to God? If that takes 30 minutes, why do we not pray for 30 minutes? I challenged you on Wednesday night to to pray this uh, coming week, a Monday through a Friday, and spend 10 hours in prayer over on top of what you've already been praying. That's a lofty goal. I had quite a few come up and say, that's a lot of praying, and I know that. But it only seems like a lot when you put it in perspective of how we're currently praying. If we currently pray five minutes a day, then an hour a day seems absurd. But Jesus spent whole evenings praying to his Father. He spent whole afternoons praying to God ahead of some of the most powerful and big things that we have record of in Scripture. Jesus' prayer life was robust. We have record of that in Scripture. When we understand God's power, the fact that he does not have the limitations that you and I have, we collectively as a group, all hundreds, some of us could come together and lay every burden we have in their entirety, not the light version, but giving God the full strength of what we've got, and it would not affect God in the slightest. He would not flinch. He would not waver. He can shoulder all of that and then some. He can shoulder the burdens of all of us, the world over, and then some. That is how powerful of a God we serve. When we understand how powerful our God truly is, it should change your perspective on prayer. Because when you recognize how powerful He is, you should yearn after the opportunity to talk to Him for as long as you can possibly have. You know, there are times you've heard people ask the question, if you could go back in history and and have a lunch with with anybody. And that's an interesting, we like to think about those questions. But you realize that the God that we have an opportunity to have a conversation with anytime we want created every single individual that we would possibly plug into that question. There will never be somebody more powerful, more amazing that we can have a conversation with than God the Father. Yet you and I limit it to minutes a day. When we understand God's power, our perspective begins to change. Jonah chapter 2, I purposefully didn't put this on the screen because I want you to take out a Bible, I want you to take out your phone, whatever you might have with you, and I want you to turn to Jonah chapter 2. 
because I want you to make marks of this. I want you, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to make a mark of this in Jonah. Maybe in the back of your Bible, you have a section of references, and I want you to put down Jonah chapter 2 in the category of prayer. I don't want you to see this on a screen. I want you to hear and read the words of God as you hear the prayer that Jonah offers to God. Now, this is Jonah, the, the, the man that we know got ate up by this giant fish. And he ultimately, his task was to go to Nineveh, an incredible, huge city that was as sinful as they possibly could be. And Jonah just didn't want to go. And so he tried to run away from God and God ultimately brought him back. And this is the prayer that he's offering up to God when he recognizes his mistakes. Now, I want you to read and listen to this prayer and tell me if this prayer is small or general. Because I think you're going to find that it's neither. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the, be out of the belly of shale I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The water closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountain. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up from my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. I will have vowed, I will pay, and I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up on the dry land. This prayer is not small, nor is it general. This is Jonah praying from the belly of a fish, and is saying, God, I made a mistake. God, I am sorry, I am, I am uh, receiving what I have earned. This is my punishment, but you still listen to my prayer. And he says here, he says, I am going to, I shall look upon your holy temple again. Not only is he praising God for being the God that he is, but he's saying, God, I will return to you. I need your help. I need your guidance, but I will be there. I have vowed and I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Friends, when you look at the idea of prayer in Scripture, if you ever are, are curious about what the kind of prayers are that God would have for us, I encourage you to go to Jonah chapter 2. It, it's, it's only one of, of, of a few of the incredible prayers that we read about in Scripture. David offered, offers up many wonderful, specific, big prayers. You think about the prayer in, in, in Psalm 51 when, when David is praying and asking for forgiveness for the mistakes that he had made with Bathsheba. It is not small and it's certainly not general. He says, God, I am the one that made these mistakes. I am the one that, that, that foregone your will. And I pray that you will have me back, allow me to repent and turn away from the things that I've done and that you would have me back. These are the prayers that we have examples of in Scripture. They're not small, and they're not general, yet you and I, for some reason, have decided that that is the pattern that we need to follow after. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. 
It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. This is starting our look into the Pauline epistles, the Paul, the letters that Paul wrote. And he's saying, I am bowing before my Father. I am giving the proper respect that is due to my Father. Because you see, he gets the power of God. The power of God has changed his prayer perspective. It says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. What he's acknowledging is that God is at the core of every individual that has ever been on earth or ever will be on earth, and that is the person that he gets to pray to. And he says, because of that, I have to bow down as I pray to my Father. Continuing on in verse 16 and 17, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Connect these two verses. Paul is talking about praying to God. He's saying, I'm going to pray. I'm going to bow before my father and pray who every family on earth and in heaven is named that according. This is all one big thought that according to his riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. This is what we're talking about. On your outline, it says, pray strengthened with power. That is what the beginning on this first week as we look through prayer, I hope that you will see the power and the strength and the might that comes from prayer to God. I want you to read through this one more time, and you'll notice there at the bottom, it says a Greek word, dynamē, which is where we get our English word dynamite. That is the word for power used in Ephesians chapter 3. It literally means an explosion. It is, it is that big and powerful. This is not talking about some figurehead. This is not some talking about some earthly level of power. But it's saying we are to be strengthened, explosion of strength through the power of God and his Holy Spirit. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, dynamite, explosion through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in his love. All things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible. We see here that that we are to be granted this level of power through prayer, through Jesus Christ. Yet you and I have have submitted our prayer life to be a couple minutes uh, of a prayer that we pray basically every single day. How? How are we possibly to think that this is the way that God intends for us to pray? Friends, God intends for his children to be powerful, to be able to talk to him in a very real and big way. Don't let our prayers be small or be general. When you embrace the power of God, your prayers change. When you understand the power of God, your perspective on prayer changes. But when you embrace 
the power of God, your physical prayers will and should change. It changes from God, thank you for today, thank you for what I've got going on, thank you for this and this and my church family and be with so-and-so and and thank you for your son, amen. When you embrace the power of God and recognize that we are talking to the creator of the universe, you begin to grow your prayer life because frankly, all the things that you want to now say and talk to God about, you couldn't possibly fit it in 30 seconds or even 30 minutes. I promise you, if you embrace the power of God, two hours of prayer a day is going to seem like chump change. Because you and I are going to want to talk to God and give Him everything that's on our heart, good and bad. Because we're not talking in generalities anymore. We're not talking and giving God our pleasantries. We're giving God the contents of our heart and saying, God, will you take it? Will you do something with it? And that kind of thing takes time. When you embrace the power of God, your prayers begin to change. As we close up Ephesians 3 and verse 20 and 21. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to a power at work with him, with, within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Do you recognize that? that God is able, that he has more power to do all of the things that we want or even think, that God is able to handle it all and then some. There's no asterisks here. There's no footnotes here. It doesn't say God is capable of doing this, but his cap is X number of people. It says God is capable of this for all, all the things that we can ask or even think. So as we close, my question for you is how will your prayers change this week? We're talking about prayer. We're talking about getting things done. We're talking about resolutions for the new year. And it starts with your prayer life. Regardless of what you possibly will make as a resolution, as a spiritual resolution, it will start with your prayer life. It will start with your daily conversations with God where you ask Him to empower you to do the things that you want to do spiritually. That is why we look at prayer. Prayer is an incredible, incredible blessing that I hope that we will never, for a second longer, from today forward, that we will never forsake or take for granted how powerful and wonderful prayer is. That we will use it as the tool, as a primary tool, that God intended for it to be in our spiritual tool belt. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we pray that you would make that choice. To begin to understand, to begin to embrace, to begin to take a hold of what it means and to embrace the power that prayer offers, God simply has the requirement that if you want to access me as your father, you have to first become my child. You have to be a child of mine and you have to have your sins washed away in baptism and, and start over so that I, God, can begin to work in your life. That's what he desires. If you're not a Christian this morning, would you make that choice? Would you make the choice to put on him, the father, and his son in baptism and, 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 and have your sins washed away and start over a new creation? But if you are already a Christian and your prayer life is just not what it should be, you're not alone. 
this, this kind of thing steps on a lot of our toes because it's what we ha- have been taught for so long that this was adequate in our prayer life, but Scripture could not be further from that. But if you need strength, if you need prayers, if you need support from this congregation to help you in your desire to improve your spiritual life, to improve your prayer life, we would love nothing more. If you have any need this morning, would you come let us know as we stand and as we sing?